Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Monica Crowley, one of the brightest economic minds out there, so bright, in fact, that she worked alongside Steve Mnuchin for Donald Trump in the White House for a while. Now she's got her own podcast, which I've been a guest on. It's really great, the Monica Crowley podcast. And she stops by here every now and then. Here's my friend Monica Crowley. Monica, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Sid. I'm doing great. It's always nice to talk to you. You too. So a few days ago, I had one of your competitors on. I say competitors because he's a liberal. He's on CNBC, but he's a dear friend of mine for many years, Ron and Santa. And I said to Ron, I said, recession, is it coming? He said, yes. How bad is it going to get? He said, I don't know. Same questions for you, Monica. Recession, is it coming? And how bad is it going to get? Well, I'm going to give you the exact same answer Ron gave you, which is, yes, it looks likely that another recession is coming. Remember, Sid, we were in recession for the first six months of this year, right? So we had two consecutive quarters of negative growth um, in the first two quarters of this year. So we were technically in a recession. And all of the Orwellian left-wing language masters tried to redefine the word recession um, because they didn't want to admit that their policies caused the original recession. But here we are. And we had sort of an anomaly in the third quarter because of trade um, and exports and things. So we came technically out of recession in the third quarter. But most economic um, observers and most people who are really in this game day to day, including you know, major heads of major banks and so on, they all expect that we are going to go back into recession, if not in this fourth quarter of this year, certainly next year. As to your second question about how bad it's going to get, again, like Ron, no one knows. I don't know. No one knows. A lot of people are expecting, you know, some pretty dark days here. You know, we're already seeing the housing market softening a lot. We're seeing slower growth. We're seeing inflation has ticked down just slightly, but it's still really elevated. It's still in the 8% range. And by the way, you know, the, the Federal Reserve, they're fighting the war against inflation now because they waited way too long to get in this battle. So now, you know, they're throwing everything, higher interest rates, everything um, to tighten up the money supply. But on the other hand, the, the government under unified democratic control has continued to spend. And in fact, this morning, Sid, I wake up and I'm scrolling through social media and I see that the Democrats might pass a huge omnibus spending bill in this lame duck session uh, sometime in December before they're all thrown out on a banana peel. <laughs> so the, the spending is still going crazy. Like you have trillions of dollars still unspent in the pipeline, but it's already been committed. So if you think inflation is going to get any better anytime soon, you're mistaken. And the Fed is out here, you know, way too late trying to mop up the extra money in the, in the money supply, whereas the Democrats keep spending like drunken sailors. 
So the, the situation is not going to get better, unfortunately. I wish I had better news for right, you, right. but it looks like it's going to get worse before it can get better. No, I graduated from Baruch College here in New York City, which is one of the best business schools, I believe, in the country. It really is. And I, I took uh, accounting and I took economics and all these wonderful classes. And I'm a radio host. <laughs> so I told you, my college education did nothing for my career. And I've forgotten just about everything, but I, I, I think I remember just a little and maybe you could explain to me how raising interest rates is going to lower inflation. I can't seem to figure that one out. So when you have inflation is the result of excess money supply, right? When they expand the money supply by government spending and printing. So keep in mind, you've got to, you've had two things going here for a, a number of years, even pre-COVID. And then when COVID hit and the government shut everything down, then the government turned around and put all of this on steroids. But you had two things. So you've got massive government spending, which has always been bad under Republicans and Democrats alike. But under unified Democratic control, forget it. Like last year in 2021, Sid, the federal government between Fiscal stimulus, meaning what the government was spending, like in Congress and and the administration, all of their asks for money and their commitments, that's fiscal stimulus. And then monetary stimulus, which is what the Federal Reserve printed and pushed down into the system. Between those two things, the federal government spent nearly $7 trillion that we don't have and can't afford. Mm. Okay, so you have all of this extra money excess money just sloshing around the system. Inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. And so that's why you've got the prices going way up. So the Federal Reserve has a couple of tools in their basket, but their primary one is raising interest rates to try to tighten the money supply and mop up all that extra money. Because when they make money more expensive, to borrow, et cetera, for, you know, your mortgage, your, your, car, your car loan, whatever it might be, um, it, it depresses the economy. So the Fed actually thinks that in order to kill inflation, you've got to kill the economy. And one of the big um, symptoms of this, which I think, uh, you know, we're all really afraid is going to happen here, is the one bright spot, the one bright spot in all of this, Sid, has been a strong labor market. Yeah. But I think what's going to happen if the laws of economics still apply is that next year you're going to see the effect on that and you're going to start to see unemployment rise. And you're already seeing big tech firms laying off tens of thousands of people, Amazon, Twitter, et cetera. Big tech is sort of the canary in the coal mine here. I think it's going to spread to the broader economy, unfortunately. Yeah, Monica, hi, it's Corey Zelnick. How are you? Hey, Corey. You, you know, you talk about this article you read this morning about printing even more money. And they have been talking about raising the rate, the interest rates two more times. It doesn't seem like it can keep up. How many more times can they possibly raise the interest rates to take care of all this money that they're printing? Well, I just want to clarify that what, what I said was that the Democrats in Congress, so this is fiscal uh, spending, not on the monetary side, which is the Fed, that the Democrats are considering a massive omnibus spending bill that they're considering pushing through in the next couple of weeks before the end of the year and you get a new Congress in. That, by the way, would be unprecedented for the Democrats to do that in a lame duck session 
but, you know, they, they simply don't care. So they're going to push like another massive spending bill through, which is going to create a, an even greater inflationary environment, right? Because more and more government spending. And meanwhile, the Fed is over here trying to mop up everything, but the spending continues like crazy. To your question about raising interest rates, um, you know, the Fed is going to meet again in December. And the consensus is they're going to raise rates again by 50 basis points. They have been doing 75 basis points. Again, trying to tighten the screws on the U.S. economy, trying to mop up all this extra money sloshing around the system. But, you know, now they're, they're beginning to move in the opposite direction. So to go from 75 basis points to 50, eventually they're going to slow it down. But, you know, I heard somebody say the other day that the – the Fed, um, you know, will not stop raising rates until the Fed funds rate is about in the target range of bringing inflation down. So, in other words, let me put it this way. The Federal Reserve's target inflation rate for, like, normal times is 2%. We are currently around 8% inflation, so running way hot. And I heard someone say that they don't stop raising rates oh my God. until they get in that range. So we've got a long way oh. to go, guys. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's, it's the optimal, right, to 8%. But uh, who knows what the Fed is going to do? They're so political now. They're spending so much of their time on climate change, which has nothing whatsoever to do with the money supply and optimal employment. Mm. But they're all so woke now. Um, that I'm not sure that they totally have their eye on the ball, if you know what I mean. Yes, my God, that is a, a scary prognostication. Pick up Giuliani. He's on at 840, by the way, not now. Uh, one more, Monica. Are you keeping your eye on this Bob Iger story? I know he's back now with Disney and the stock. Willie took a uh, took a dump, and uh, they brought him back on a two-year deal, even though he had all kinds of issues when he exited the Walt Disney Corporation. I guess desperation calls for desperate uh, desperate times call for desperate moves. Seems like this Disney move is pretty desperate. Are you following this move? Yes, yes, I am. So Bob Iger, the legendary CEO of Disney uh, for many years, stepped aside about a year ago, two years ago, and said he wanted to go into other things, including maybe running for office, but he hasn't done that. Um, so he had the company on a pretty good keel, and then they brought in this new guy, Bob Chapik, who ran the, con- the uh, company into the ground, right? Like he completely <laughs> the stock. Why? Because, first of all, I don't think he really knew what he was doing as CEO of Disney. But secondly, go woke, go broke. Disney became like this hotbed of woke activism oh. with, you know, the, the trans agenda and all this other stuff that had no place in a children's company. Yeah, they actually okay. they, they said that they're not going to address little girls and boys anymore. Now it's just going to be people and some of the characters were going to lose some of their charm and appeal. So from what you're saying, Monica, can I assume that Bob Iger is going to return Disney to the old ways or try to make the new ways work? Well, I would hope so. I mean, we don't know what he's got planned, but they brought him in in an emergency appeal because the stock had tanked and, uh, you know, uh, a visitorship was way down at the parks, Disney World, Disneyland and so on. So I think I think Iger has a better appreciation of the traditions of this iconic American company. Walt Disney himself is spitting in his grave about what has happened to this great company. And I think Iger, you know, Iger's on the left. He's a Democrat. 
but he also is a responsible CEO. So I think he understands that this iconic company needs to be brought back on keel, and not just for the shareholders, but as an American institution. I think he appreciates that. So I think you're going to see a turnaround. In fact, yesterday, uh, the stock went way up wow. um, on yep. the news that yep. Iger is returning. 60 seconds to go. The economy, you just went over it. Really terrifying. I mean, really terrifying. And here I watched our friend who you worked for not long ago, Donald Trump, last week, talk about how when he wins, he will basically change things overnight. Realistic? Um. Maybe not overnight, <laughs> but yeah. pretty fast. I mean, look, Donald Trump is a completely unique figure in American politics and life. And he is the only one, as far as I know, in American history who has restored the U.S. economy not once but twice. He did it when he first came into office after eight years of Obama. The economy was languishing. He put it on steroids and delivered a booming economy. And then after COVID, when COVID hit, and then we began reopening again, he delivered the fastest economic recovery from any crisis on record, right? So he's done it twice. And if there's anybody who can do it a third time, (laughs) it's Donald J. Trump. All right. Listen, you are so great. You really are, Monica. That's a tremendous appearance this morning. As always, you're always terrific. Thank you for coming on. We want to wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving, and we look forward to many more segments and shows in the new year. Thank you so much. Always my pleasure, Sid, and happy Thanksgiving. You too, sweetheart.